You have just entered the Royal Access, the show for growth-minded game changers seeking God's direction in their relationships and careers. I'm your host, Coral Pinder, and I'm super excited about growing along with you. Now let's dive in to this episode. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Royal Access. It's your girl, Coral, and I'm super excited to be with you today. I hope that you have been enjoying the series, God and I. This is the last episode for the series of God and I, and I'm going to make a special announcement about the way forward for the Royal Access. I've kind of been preparing you guys that God has been taking us in a new direction. We're still going to have weekly episodes, but there is going to be something different about the Royal Access in 2022, and I can't wait to tell you more about that at the end of this episode. So the title of this episode is called Make Room. And as I was praying and preparing for this final episode of God and I, which I think has been such a strong foundation and starting the year and making sure that God is our foundation and that we're keeping him at the center, it made me think about, are we making room for God in our lives the way that we need to so that we can do the things he's called us to do? And one of the things that I saw this week that stayed with me was an old interview. I think it was from like years ago. They were on a red carpet, obviously pre-COVID. And it was Oprah and T.D. Jakes. And this reporter came up to Oprah and she said to him, she said to Oprah, like Tyler Perry always tells us, you know, to dream and to keep dreaming. And she was like, what I want to know is what is your dream? What is Oprah dreaming about? What is your dream? And T.D. Jakes was like, yeah, like I want to hear this. I want to hear this. And she said, no, no, no. She said, I feel as if I live inside God's dream for me. I live in God's dream for me. And every day it's simply my entire being is just, and physical, my physical body and my entire being is about walking out God's dream for me. And that was so profound to me because I don't know about you, but if somebody asks me, what is Corel dreaming? I'm like, okay, I got a laundry list. Like I'm ready. Like I'm dreaming about this. I'm dreaming about that. I want this to happen. I want like, I got, I got about three or four things I can tell you like right now, like I want this to happen. 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 And so you may say like, you know, what is wrong with having all of these things in your head listed about what you want to happen? Especially if you feel like God placed these dreams inside of you. These are things that God wants for me. Like, why does that matter? And the reason why it matters so much is because we have to be able to surrender the dreams, even if we feel we've heard them from God. And I think that's why Oprah said, you know, I live inside God's dreams for me because we can have an agenda of how we want something to go or what we think, how it's going to turn out, what's going to, you know, what, what is going to happen with it. And that may not be God's plan for us. And we can't be, we're, we're tempted not to be fully obedient to God if we can't understand exactly what he's doing. And when I think about Oprah, like I've read her books over the years. I think she has, I think it's one book that I read about her. And in that book is when she was telling the story. And I think I told it in one of, probably my first book, The One Year Challenge about how she told the story about wanting the part for The Color Purple. And she was a nobody back then. Nobody knew who she was. She wanted to be an actress. She read The Color Purple as a child. And really when she heard the movie was coming out, wanted to be a part of it, she auditioned. She didn't hear back from the people at all. Weeks and weeks had passed. She called them. And the casting director was like, who are you calling us? Like, you're a nobody. Alfred, what, what, 
can't remember her full name, can't say her name correctly, but the mother of Love and Basketball is the one who auditioned and she was a big black actress at the time. And she was like um, walking around the park, just, you know, trying to ask God to help her to let it go. Like, and so she said she had to let it go to the point where she was okay not having the part. Then she was like, she had to let it go to the part of seeing Althea get the part. And she had to let it go to a point where she had to actually be happy and be able to see the movie, even though she wasn't in it. And going through that whole process of releasing and surrendering, releasing and surrendering, it was on that same platform that she was on where she got the call from Steven Spielberg himself, who was the director of The Color Purple, saying, we want you for the part. And her entire career just kind of took off after that. And even with how she got the Oprah Winfrey show is because she was fired from the news. And so a lot of the things she would have had to do in her earlier years was having this plan, having this way of thinking, having this idea of how something was going to play out. And it turned out not completely opposite because she didn't get the role in Call of Purple, but it just didn't turn out the way she thought it would. It didn't happen in the way that she wanted, the timing that she wanted or how she wanted it to happen. And that reminded me of, you know, I'm living in God's dream is that Am I making room for God to do what he wants to do in my life? Am I making room for God to have his way? And there's a song by Jonathan Reynolds where it says, I will make room for you. And um, as he goes and lists the things, I'm just totally convicted. And he was like, my will, I can move that over. I can move my will over so God can have room to do what he wants to do. My way, I can move that over so God can have room to do what he wants to do. My ego, how many times our ego gets in our way? Our habits, like literally just this morning, I am um, not on the island right now. I'm staying with family, a friend and I was like, I could grab chips or I could grab an apple and I grabbed the chips and I knew I should be grabbing the apple, but I did not want the apple. And just, you know, now my stomach feels kind of weird because I didn't grab the apple and I grabbed the chips and just my habits, my plans, my schedule. Like, bruh, like all of these things, we do not want to move out the way, even though we know we should. We don't want to move it out the way. And one of the stories that came to me about making room was the story of Noah. And in the story of Noah, the, the one verse that I want to highlight for us today is Genesis 6 and 22. And it says, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. And so when we look at the success that Noah was able to see, and we look at people like Oprah, and we see the final product, what we don't see is what's going on in the moment. And I think that's what's hard for me. I don't know if it's hard for you. Um, when you do have your, your dreams or your things that you just want to, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. How do you get to a point where you're like Oprah and you're like, I'm just simply living in God's dream for me. I'm not trying to direct it. How do you get to that point where you're like, no one had said, Noah did everything just as God commanded. Noah did everything just as God commanded. And I think what happens is there is a time that we are looking at in incorrectly. And so Noah, when you look at the time with Noah building the ark and Noah did everything that God commanded, he was obedient to God because he was a righteous man. That's why God chose him. He was 500 when he had his first child and he was 600 when he entered the ark. And so if he was 500 when he had his first child, um, it was said that it was before that, that God told him he had to build the ark and he started to build exactly what God told him to do. So when scholars look at the math between when the first child was born and when they went into the ark, their guess is about 
the 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 notice of when hearing that you needed to build the ark was about 55 scholars say 55 to 75 years noah lived over 600 years and so 55 to 75 years is about you know 10 to 15 percent of his life depending on how long he lived after 600 can't remember at this time but when we think about it in our years most of us live until 80 or we're thinking we're going to get the three scoring time which is 70 80 70 plus 10 which is 80 so for us that's 10 to 12 years of our lives so 10 to 12 years of our lives where or 8 to 8 to 12 something like that if we're doing percentages of you know him leaving over 600 most of us live in three score and 10 when we wait for something for 8 to 12 years and i don't know if you've ever been in a predicament of waiting 8 to 12 years i mean some of us wait 2 years for things and we're like jesus where you at but i know that i have been in a journey of waiting a long time <laughs> for for to see god you know come for me to live in the dream that I feel that God has told me at the beginning of this time of this is what I want you to do. This is how I want to set you apart. This is, these are things that I want to do in your life. And what has been hard for me is consistently being obedient to God and focusing on the task and not looking out for the rain. Focusing on the task and not looking for the rain. In Genesis 6 and 22, it said Noah did everything just as God commanded him. And I think one of the things, the three things that I want to talk to you about today are some of the things that trip us up, why we can't just say, oh, I'm living in God's dream versus this is what I want. I don't know why God's taking so long. <laughs> or be like Noah and just doing everything that God says, not looking out for the rain. I think one of the things, and I'll, I'll speak for myself, that happens is that when you're making room for God, when I'm removing my will, removing my way, removing my ego, removing my plans, removing my schedules, one of the things that's so hard, and I want to address the things that are hard because often we talk about make room for God, live in God's dream for you, be obedient to God's will. And then you you wake up and you're like, why am I not doing this? Like, I want to be obedient. I want to say that I'm just living in what he wants me to do, but this is freaking hard. So why is it so hard to make room for God in my life? Well, the first thing for me is that if I have to focus on the project that God told me to do, that means that certain things I have to say no to. It means that certain things I have to say no to. And I remember in 2017, I had applied for an entrepreneurship program in the US that was gonna take me away to the US for like six or eight weeks. And I was also in the middle of writing a play. And one of the companies that I had wanted to work with, this is 2017, I think probably three or four years before, called me for a job. It was not the ideal job, but it was still a job, to, an opportunity to be within the company and then offered mobility would have been able to happen. And I kept getting a no, which was weird to me because three to four years before, I was trying to work there three years before three years. I was interviewing, trying to work there. And I think I interviewed twice over the, the three years at two different times. And I was just getting a no, I was just getting a no, like no. And when you're focusing on building something God told you to build, no's feel weird to say no to certain things, but I, I heard a no and I was able to be strong enough to say no. But I, Three years before, I was also leading an organization for two or three years, and I had to give it up because I moved to another island. And 
by this time I was back home and I was like, oh yeah, I can take this organization on. So I told the person who took over for me at, in 2017, I'm going to take back over from you. And they were so glad because they had put, in, I think I had put in two or three years and, and they had been my assistant and then they had put in two to three years as the leader. And I'm like, you can take it off. You know, don't worry about it. I didn't pray about it. I didn't ask God if I should take that on. I was just, I think it was ego. Remember he said, ego, you can move it out of the way. I think it was ego. Like I did so well that they did well. And I was just like, well, I need to do well again because they keep behind me doing well. And so I need to do well again. Like I want my ego to be praised for that particular thing. But again, unlike the job where I pray to God that this isn't the season because you're about to, you know, get this, you know, internship in the U.S. to do this thing. I just went ahead and didn't even pray about it. Just went ahead with ego, didn't make room for God to do what he needed to do in my life. And I told her I would take it over. So when I got the internship and I was selected, I had to come back to the same girl who was ready to give it up, who had been so tired. And I had to tell her I can't take it on. So she, I, I had to leave the island. So she, she took it over, but she was very resentful. And we had such a great relationship all of those years before that. And the relationship was just never the same. It was just never, I, I, she just really resented the fact that I said I was going to, and I always wanted to be someone who was a woman. I've always been someone who had integrity, a woman of my word. If I said, I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something. But this was an opportunity of a lifetime that God was opening up for me. And so I was still able to take part in the opportunity. However, a relationship was, you know, severed because of my disobedience, because I didn't allow God to have room for what he wanted to do in my life. And when we step ahead of God, it's because I can't see, like, it, it's not like if, if I don't have it in front of me, it's like, why do I need to make room for it? And we need to learn to be obedient, even if the opportunity isn't in front of our face. Like when I turned that job down that week for three years, there was no opportunity, but God was saying, I need you to say no. And then the opportunity for the internship came. And that taught me so much about being able to go away to do that taught me about business. It taught me about, you know, having structure in my business, having clarity, all of that, learning how to operate a business correctly, all of those things that I needed. Those were like tools that I definitely needed learning how to pitch. They were just things I needed. And I wouldn't have had that opportunity and I wouldn't, I didn't even have a structured business before that. I was kind of just freelancing for like two or three years. And I kind of opened up my company once I came from that internship and the company is what I've been, you know, doing for the last two or three years. Well, more than that, 2017 and 2022. And so that, that was a very pivotal moment in my life and everything that God is still doing, because when it comes to my career, I still think that I am in the wait. Um, and, but it was a part of my journey that had to happen, but there were casualties along the way because I wasn't fully obedient to what God is telling me to do. So I think it's, it tends to be hard because it means we have to say no to things. And when we have to say no to a certain project, because God has another project coming up ahead, or he has something building wise coming up ahead, we have to be fully obedient. And it goes back to Genesis 6 and 22. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. So that means that if I have to build an ark, then Noah might've been working a job. Noah might've been, you know, working in the field. Noah might've had um, people he used to work with. But if all my attention goes to building this ark, I have to say no to that. But one of the things that we don't think about is we read the Bible and say, oh, he was obedient. So he built that. But no, he didn't only build that. He had to focus on building that ark. That means he had to say no to everything he was doing before that. He was 500 when he had his first child. 
And around that time hearing, so it was years of, if I'm already 500 when I have my first child and I was instructed to take my three children into the ark, that means what I was doing all those years, we've been doing things for 20 years and we're like, nope, we've been doing things, not even 20 years because you were in school for most of the time. So it's like, you've been doing something for two or three years and we're like, leave that alone, put that down. They don't take on that responsibility. But if we want to be like Noah, we want to see the fullness of what God wants to do. He obeyed everything just as God commanded. And so that also meant leaving things behind that you used to do before. And then you will see in time what God is trying to do. So the first thing is certain projects that you're on. If you're, if you're listening to this message today and this episode and you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I need to make room for God. I, I'm too much in my way. I'm, I'm not giving him full reign to do what he wants to do, then, then pray about, God, what areas am I not making room for you? What areas am I holding on to? What projects am I still, that are still absorbing my time that you told me to let go of? Are there projects? Are there things that I'm building, whether it's a hobby, a side job, a side hustle, a main hustle? What thing am I still working on that you're telling me to leave behind to work on the thing that you told me to? Whether it's a side gig, a hobby, a thing. But if God is telling you, if you have to be fully obedient to what God wants you to do, something is going to have to be moved to the side. The second thing, the second thing is friends. Everyone can't come with you on the new journey. When he told Noah to go in the boat, Bro, he said, take your wife, your children, and your children's wives. And so if you, just me and my friend, best friend, mm-mm. best friend, me and, mm-hmm. me and them, or whatever the words say, you ain't going. You ain't going. And so that is hard to know that when I'm on a journey, this person isn't going with me. Like I've, I, I've had friendship breakups over the years, and those are extremely hard. And I remember one, I grew up with this person, like we were friends all through school. And when I decided to do my first business, which is a camp, I didn't know much about business. And I was like, oh, we're going to partner in this business. You, I'm going to do the swimming and you're going to do all of the school instructional work. And what happened when we were doing that, uh, I'm going to do, you know, this. I, it was at my home. And I supplied all the materials, um, but I still went half and half with splitting everything we made. And it was not good business sense because we're in our home, we're running our power, I'm printing off all the materials. The person literally just has to come, do the work, and then leave. But at the time, money wasn't a big deal for me. I didn't know how partnerships really works. I think I was still went to the university. And so that's what I did. And so we did that for several years. We would just work together in the camp. Um, and then one year I had asked her to do something that evening and she had said, and I think this might've been after camp. I can't remember when it happened, but I had asked her to hang out that evening or something. And she was like, she had to do something with her mother or she had to do something home or something like that. And I was like, okay. And so I just figured out some other plans and I just went to the movies and I remember seeing her and the guy she was dating coming out of the movies. And I looked at her and she looked at me and we didn't have a conversation about it. And the, the relationship and the friendship just went south from there. Like we just never, we never spoke about the incident and we never really spoke again. But what I realized about that friendship 
is that I was always the one inviting her out. I was always one going by her house to, to visit. I was always the one nurturing the friendship. And so because I was the one nurturing the friendship all the time, when that happened and that hurt me, I just kind of backed up. And because it told me that you're investing more in this than the person is. And I guess I was just not mature enough at the time to have a conversation about it, but I didn't have the conversation about it, but I just kind of backed away. But one of the things that it also told me is, I don't know if I could trust you. And if I'm somebody where we're dealing with money together, you're in my house every single day, um, we're operating a business together, trust is a high component on that list. And so I, I can't remember if the account was already finished or we had some more time. Um, either way we finished out that year, but the next year it just, it just wasn't in me to reach back out again because we had not been friends anymore for that whole year. Um, and eventually we got cordial again, but we were like really close. And I think it's because trust was broken because I, I mean, you didn't even have to lie. Like if you can't, like I have a date with my boyfriend, I can't go. Like it was just, you're not being, you're not able to be, your communication is not great. Um, I can't trust you. And so all of that was like, okay, this is a, for me, a notice that I'm going to have to move on from this. But one of the things that leaving that connection did was it made me gain more skills when it came to a business owner, because everyone else I hired after that, it wasn't a partnership. It was, I had to hire a team. And so it taught me how to hire a team. It taught me how to, you know, value people who put in as much as I put in. It taught me how to just learn how to be on my own, just different things that, you know, certain people can't go after certain seasons. And so for me, it had to be a painful situation that happened. But again, when we're into what God wants us to do, it said that Noah did everything just as God commanded. And so that means that Noah also broke off those friendships. And I think for me, what happens a lot of times is God, and I heard somebody say, like, I want to grow to maturity this year to a point where I can say no versus God having to say no for me. You know, those things like, like I told you guys, I was supposed to go away at the beginning of the year and I, I, I'm seeing even more so now, like, oh my God, I needed to start at the beginning of the year at home in quiet, just spending time with me and God locked up. And so I could just have a full flowing of what God wanted me to do. And, and more and more as the month goes on, I'm like, okay, I definitely needed to do that. And one of the things that I realized was after that, that I needed to do that time. But so, so, so many times we do this. We don't stay in alignment of what God wants us to do. And God has to cut it off. He has to cut it off instead of us knowing that we'll cut it off ourselves. Noah heard, okay, y'all can't go. Friends got to get cut off. But it, one of the things that I want to encourage us to do is whether it's a project, whether it's a friendship, if God needs us to get an alignment, we can't hold on to those things and then wonder why I'm not living in the dream that God has for me. Why am I not living in the dream? Because God told you to remove that project and you won't remove that project. God told you to not be aligned with those people anymore and you're still aligned with them. And so it's actually, you know, really, really tuning into what God says. And when I say, I will make room for you, I'll move my will, I'll move my way, I'll move my ego all of the things that I'm holding on to, I'm going to remove it. The final thing, the final thing that I had to learn how to remove was my, the way that I looked at something, the, the, and I would say the trust, like having that kind of 
resilience or that faith or trust in God that I didn't hear wrong. That I'm going to do the thing even if I look dumb. I'm going to just trust blindly. Like I, I, I talked about Noah before. I can't remember when, but I talked about how I remember it was an episode. I don't remember which episode, but I remember watching the, the story of Noah as a kid. It was a cartoon version of Noah and he was building the ark and they were trying to show the things that may not be right there in the Bible, but you have to realize when you see Noah did everything just as God commanded, that means he walked away from projects he was on. That means he walked away from friends, but that also meant that he had a mindset to trust God, even though it may look dumb to everyone else. And so in that cartoon, he was building the ark and people were saying he was dumb. It was stupid. They were laughing at him. They were saying, oh my God, what are you doing? Like you're building up this thing. And you know, there's years and years passing and we don't see any results. And that is what's been hard for me when I'm walking in or making room for God or trying to be a completely obedient to God. It's like, what you building? What, what you building over there? Because years and years and years and years have passed and you just look dumb. You just look like nothing happened. Nothing's coming to pass. And Noah would have had to have trust. And I remember the cartoon when it started spraying, the people were like, oh my God, we were wrong. We should have listened. And there was this guy who was like, what are you crying for? It's just a passing shower. And I, he just, I just never forgot it. And the image was just like, oh my gosh. So have your children read Bible stories. This is like a little segue. Uh, have your children read Bible stories and watch Bible you know, shows because it stays with them because that line just stayed, like that whole image of them taunting Noah stayed with me. And even if it's not people in your life taunting you about what the decisions you have made, sometimes it's the enemy. A lot of times it's the enemy that's in your mind taunting you, saying you look dumb. It's the enemy saying, no, you dumb. I don't know what you did. That's dumb. And so I remember several times. I remember when I left my good government job in 2014, I was like excited. I was like, I'm going into the private sector. And everybody was like, what if it doesn't work out? Uh, this hotel is so unsure. It's very new. And I was just like, I'm going, I'm going. And I remember this quote. Uh, because everybody was just like, what if it doesn't work out? What if it doesn't work out? What if it doesn't work out? Like you're moving your entire life. And there was, this, I put up this photo and it was this picture and it says like, what if, what if you fall? And the, the quote says, what if you fall? And then it says, oh, but what if I fly? And the thing about it is I did fall. <laughs> it was like, when you see people jump out of parachute, they're like falling. I did fall because the job like ended six months after. Um, and then six months after that, we were made redundant but so I worked on the job physically for six months but was paid a salary for the full year so I did fall because it literally was six months I was in the government industry working as a short job could get any loan from anywhere with a short paycheck and slack rules from 2006 to 2014 to only go into a job in the private sector for six months and I did fall um and so it says you know my dear what if you fall so when I used to say that phrase what if you fall but what if I fly I was like I mean I'm gonna fly because I'm about to be at this job for the next five years and it's gonna be on and popping like what are you talking about I did not know that I would fall and the job would fall off but I would fly because I would fly into my purpose and God would sustain me and I would never go back to working um in that way anymore um and it's not to say that I would never be on a nine to five again it's just that God has still not had me in that season but I was 
having the opportunity to trust God like never before. And, you know, I, I still in some ways feel on the journey because even when I have conversations with people about what I do now, I was, I was having a conversation with a cousin the other day and she was like, what do you do? And I was like, we have a company <laughs> where we do marketing and branding. So what that means is I do one-on-one strategy sessions with small businesses. I also curate training programs to train small businesses on how to have a proper business structure. And I also do PR coordination, like setting up radios, TV interviews, you know, the whole nine yards to have someone, you know, have good public relations, whether it's for an event or a specific, you know, promotion in their company. And she's like, oh, I did not know that. It's like, okay, it's a learning curve. I know. Um, what I really want to do is I really want to make TV shows and movies um, and write books that, you know, have universal storylines and they show faith. Um, and they're inspirational. And right now I'm still building towards that. It's not a full-time project yet. And I also want to open up doors and opportunities for more people who are writers to have that ability to do that. So that's the goal. That's where I'm going. So I'm still in the middle of, you know, moving towards what, what I feel like God wants me to do, but I'm in the middle of the leap and I'm building. And I think all of this, having a business, um, having the opportunity to do passion projects, all of it is building towards what I believe is God's dream for me. Um, but it takes you know, it takes trust in the way that he's going to do it because he isn't always going to do it the way that we think. He's he's not. He's not always going to do it in the way that we think. So it takes trust into God. But those thoughts are in your head. Those thoughts are you look dumb. Um, you're crazy. And so in my family devotion, we were dealing with spiritual warfare and they were saying uh, it was Tony Evans devotional. And he was talking about how, you know, when we fight, we fight in the spiritual realm. And what does it mean to fight the spiritual realm? So what it means is that the enemy is coming for your mind. So anytime you have negative thoughts in your mind of, I don't think it's going to work out. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I feel like I look dumb. I feel like those are thoughts of the enemy. The enemy are pl is planting those thoughts in your head. And so that's why 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And you've said that verse over and over. We take captive of every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And sometimes when you're having conversation and dialogue with someone, they're like, don't be negative. You're being so negative. You're not being negative. You are taking on the thoughts that the enemy has placed in your head and you're taking them as gospel. You are taking on the thought. So anytime you think like, this isn't going to work, or I don't, I don't see how it's going to work or anything that's ever negative, just know that you're in a battle with the enemy and the enemy is literally, literally placing those thoughts in your head and your thoughts. I've said this over and over and it, it, it caused me to be able to change the way that I was able to operate with money. And it says your thoughts determines your feelings, determines your actions, and that determines your results. The thoughts determines your feelings, determines your actions and determines your results. So it's a matter of, in order to make my thoughts obedient to God, in order to change the way that I think, in order to make room for God where my ego's not talking, my plan's not talking, my schedule's not talking, I'm just allowing God to talk. I'm just going to live in whatever God has called me to do. I have to take those thoughts that have doubt, that don't trust, that don't see it happen. And one of the things that makes it hard for doubt not to creep in for me is time. I don't know about you, but it, the thing that makes me question that God told me to do this is time, time. And 
when there's a long time, I mean, you know, a lot of you know my story. I was doing this, these questions uh, with my friends the other day, and they were questions that you should know about your partner. But I saved the app because it was a question that there were questions that I wanted to answer for myself. So one of the questions that I had them answer because they're a married couple about it was like, what is, you know, um, defining moments in each other's life? So they had to re- talk about defining moments that each other had. Um, and then they, so some questions, they just kind of asked each other because I was giving the questions to them so that they could do the dialogue. And then some, they would stop and say, like, what is your answer for that? Like, we're curious. And what would you say for yourself for that? And so one of those, they did it with defining moments. Like, what is one of the defining moments in your life? And I was like, oh, that's an easy one for me. Because all the questions weren't really easy to come. You have to be very self-aware or dig deep or take some time to kind of answer those. But that one, when it said, what is one of the defining moments in your life? For me, I was like quickly like 2013, like 2013, deciding to take a year off of dating. And with the 2013, taking the year off of dating, there were things that I honestly believe that God showed me of why I need you to take the year off. But in 2022, I'm still not seeing what I believe the reason was of taking the 2013 off of the things that God wanted to build in me at the time. And just as Noah was building something, I don't know. We said, you know, scholars say 55 to 75 years. I don't know if 10 years in God was like, bro, I'm still building and there's no rain and this is not finished. I don't know, 30 years in, 40 years in, you know, was he still saying like, did I, you know, so time, time makes us for a lot of people. It makes you feel like for me, a lot of times, like you heard wrong. You didn't hear God. You heard wrong. That's what the end. But what you have to realize is those negative thoughts are the enemy. Those negative thoughts are the enemy. And you, 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 if you want to consistently live in what God has told me to do, then you just, I'm living in what God's dream told me to do. And I'm just going to be obedient to everything that he told me to do. Because when you change the perspective and you take those, those thoughts captive and you, you take the thought that the enemy says that time means that you heard wrong. Time means preparation. When it, when I wake and I make that thought obedient to Christ, Christ says, no, time doesn't mean you heard wrong. Time means preparation. Time means preparation. Make room for me in your life to build what I've called you to do. Time means preparation. Time means preparation. And so if God wants to, to build something in your life, if he's given you instruction, if you feel like I heard God, but it's been 10 years, it's been five years, it's been six years, it's been eight years, it's been 12, it's been 15. I don't know. It's been long. And I'm trying to be obedient. I'm trying to be like Noah. I'm trying to do everything and be obedient to God. I want you to know that you're going to be tempted to hold on to projects that God is telling you to let go. This is your reminder today, let go of a project that God told you to do. You're going to be tempted to stay aligned with certain friends that God told you can't go into the next season. Let it go because you're not going to be able to go and walk into the other season if they're still holding on. You're going to be tempted to hold on to thoughts, defeating thoughts. And today I'm telling you to, t- to make those thoughts obedient to God. If you're like me, where time makes you feel like I heard wrong, this can't be happening. I'm doubting exactly what God says. Take that to to realize that time means I need you to to know that you're in a preparation season. And so for me, God told me in 2020 to birth the Royal Access. And I didn't know why. I didn't know how. And I was like, God, I need to stay accountable to weekly episodes. How am I going to do this? I don't want to burn out. And stepping into 2022, God told me I'm going to do a new thing in 2022. I don't know what the new thing is, y'all. I don't know what the new thing God's going to do in 2022. 
but I, I am believing that God told me I need to do something in 2022. And so what that means is that there are things that I need to let go of. And so the way that he instructed me of going into 2022 with the Royal Access is I'm still going to be here, guys. Don't, don't get, don't get, you know, nervous. I'm still going to be here, but you won't hear my voice every week. And so the announcement that I wanted to announce first on the podcast for you guys to know is that our team is growing. Our team is growing because God needs me to make room for what he wants to do in my life. That means I can't do it my way. And to, to be completely transparent with you guys, I didn't get the the note for the host that 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 there were going to be other hosts. I didn't get the note that there were going to be other hosts in 2021, but I did hear in 2021. So there are two changes. I did hear this first change. Uh, I did hear that um, the host is the second change. They're gonna there's gonna be more than one host. Um, sometimes it'll be one new voice. Sometimes we might tie team together. Sometimes two of them might tie team together. Um, the episode that we do will be live next week. It will be live next week, Sunday at six o'clock. Uh, you will get to hear from the host. We're going to do our first episode together. We're going to announce the new series that we're going to do together. And so this year is going to feel really different because we're going to have different voices on. Um, but what that's going to do is allow God to have room in my life to do what he wants to do, to do the new thing, but to also continue the mantle of the message that he wanted me to do with the world access of, you know, showing and spreading that message that, you know, the path that you're on, it may feel different. And I know for me, my path has always felt different than what I thought it was going to be. But when you're walking with God, you have to surrender to what he wants to do in your life. So the first thing is there are going to be other hosts. And the other announcement is something God told me to do in 2021, right after our year anniversary, when we turned one, I remember we did dinner with Kings. It was a week long thing. And at the beginning of dinner with Kings, God told me to do this and I did not do it. And so, you know, um, partial obedience or delayed obedience is still disobedience and God's like time to get in alignment but the royal access is going co-head the royal access is going co-head and I know there are a lot of groups for women and God was like there are a lot of groups for women and I need the royal access to go co-head and I've always said in my intro it's for game changers I didn't just say it was for women um, so from the very beginning, God had me say that, but I had my group for women because it was just so easier to have a group of women. And so many people have groups of women and it's such a safe space for women. So it was just like, that's what we're going to do. But the Royal Access is going co-ed. Um, and some of our hosts are males. And I love the variety of the hosts that will be on the show because they're now going to bring aspects to you that I've never brought before or couldn't bring because I've never experienced those things in my life. So we have a wide range of hosts um, that come from different areas of life that are able to share the truths about what life is like on that side. So I'm super excited for you to meet the host next week, February 6th live. I can't wait for you to meet the host and for us to join in that dialogue. We're going to go live and I can't wait for you to join in with us. Another thing is that Royal Access is looking for an intern. I'm going to put up the post this week about the kind of person that we're looking for. But if you listen to the Royal Access and you are like, you know, I would love to shadow someone in ministry for a year and I would love to be a part of that and just learn more about, you know, running a podcast, learn more about being in ministry, learn more from, from what I do in a one-on-one setting. Um, and it's a year. Uh, 
it's a year internship and next year we'll open it up again because you know it is a volunteer experience so some people may not want to be volunteering for life but you may want to sit under someone who has been doing you know being an author being on a podcast and so if that's you feel like you know I feel like I want to glean from someone in that way I want to be a Timothy for this season of my life then you know be sure to send me a message but we're going to put out the full notice of what the intern um, will do but bringing on the intern bringing on the host taking the show in this direction is something that God told me to do because 2022 there's something that's going to happen that's new and you heard it here first and I'm just trusting the new that God is going to do. And so I want to be obedient. And so I hope this is an encouragement to you that if God is saying, make room in your life for me, you know, walk in my agenda, live in the dream that I have for you not the dreams you have for yourself. Um, and, and being like Noah, which it says Genesis six and 22, Noah did everything just as God commanded him to do. Delayed obedience, partial obedience is still disobedience. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Thank you so much for joining us. I can't wait to introduce the new host to you. Like I said, my voice will still be heavily present during the Royal Access. It's just the other voices that will be there as well. And so I can't wait to see what God wants to do. Um, as I let up a little bit of having full control, um, which is also something God's been working on with me because I do think that this opportunity and the people that he is aligning, I told them when we had a team meeting, I'm like, I prayed. Like, I did not choose you guys. Like, I literally prayed and asked God to give me some names. And I'm like, one of the people I brought on, I'm like, we don't even have a relationship. So I don't even know why your name dropped in my head. I don't know what God is preparing you for. I'm not sure what God is, you know, doing in this new season, but you, your name was given to me. Um, so I'm so glad you agreed. And so I'm excited about what God is going to do. I'm excited about, you know, just continuing to be on this journey with you guys. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share with a friend. Thank you for listening to the Royal Access Podcast. Be sure to learn more about how to connect with us in the show notes below. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend. We would also love for you to consider leaving a rating or a review. Until next time, I'm Corel Pinder, your truth-telling accountability partner.